I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up, you guys? It is episode 284 of Top Rope Nation. I'm Ryan Drosty here with Justin Joint. No Kyle Ross this week. He'll be back next week, but... uh, he was on our last broadcast, so if you're missing Kyle, make sure you check it out in the archives. Shout out to Liam O'Rourke, good friend of the pod, for joining Kyle last week on the show. But this week, Mr. Joint is just us. We're talking about what I think has been a pretty wild week in the world of pro wrestling. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. going to pour myself some uh, Casamigos tequila. Oh, okay. I have, I've been listening to the... Uh, dax harwood podcast lately and he starts off a bunch of the shows uh trying different tequila apparently he's a big tequila guy and just the way he talks about it uh i I think i'm gonna be on a little bit of a tequila kick for a while (laughs) because he sure makes it sound good so i'm gonna pour a little tequila have you picked up any of the terramana yet i yeah i have when it first came out i got a bottle yeah so he's got you know like three different flavors now there's a there's one that's aged in whiskey barrels. That one is really good. You would probably like that one just on the rocks. Mm-hmm. But. I think I think the only one I had was the Blanco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's not oh. bad. But yeah, I got I got to try like some the, of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. So worth worth uh, checking out. I got the uh, good old fashioned Midwest IPA two hearted here from Bell's up in mm-hmm. Michigan. Solid beer. Wrong. Can never go wrong Solid with beer. that, guys. Um, so, yeah. So. How excited are you about all the uh, trades that the Bulls made today? God damn it. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> this freaking big market team. The team, Justin, that Michael Jordan played mm, for. Heard they of run it like it is some mid-market, small market team. I mean, not, they, they have no, no interest in winning whatsoever jerry reinsdorf needs to sell the chicago yeah, Bulls. It, it, it seems like they just don't have any direction i don't get it it's just it's so weird you know you're a celtics fan so i mean mm-hmm. i'll give you props but like outside of the lakers and the celtics there's no team in the nba that you know other than the bulls there's no team higher that like should be in the in the conversation all the time i mean like the lakers and celtics yes but then the bulls should be right there they should mm-hmm. always be making moves and like in contention and it's so frustrating. Yes, I know I was spoiled in the 90s, but look, it was a quarter of a century ago now. I'd like to have something to root for. And and outside of Derrick Rose, you know, there hasn't been much in the Just, uh yeah. For for our own personal safety, we should also throw out the Knicks too as being a, a relevant well, team that should be up there, you know. You know, yeah, Frank, you know, I'm sure Frank's listening. <laughs> Big market, so playing Madison Square Garden, sure. Uh, hasn't had a lot of success in a long time. I mean even my bears have won a championship closer to now than the Knicks. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you that Madison square garden, biggest city in the country. They should, they should be in the mix too, but man, Frank it is catching some strays this early in the pod, <laughs> man, even my sorry Chicago bears have won a championship more recently. Yes. No, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's frustrating. I was hoping that they would do a little something to make things interesting, and mm-hmm. no, no moves whatsoever. Just caught in caught in NBA hell, yep. unfortunately. 
but everyone wants to help the Los Angeles Lakers apparently. Uh, so. Though I, I, I was legit pissed off yesterday with just the absolute <laughs> gift, gift package that the fucking Lakers got from Danny Ainge, who I used this in the text message to you and Kyle as a Vincism that he absolutely raped the T wolves in that Gobert trade, but then he just, <laughs> he just gifts, you know, uh, Vanderbilt and, uh, Beasley to the Lakers for one first round pick that is top four protected. And if it lands in the top four, it immediately becomes a second round pick. Wow. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. It, I hate the Lakers. I'm good. I wish the Bulls could be doing this kind of thing all the time. Right? <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, no. We are a uh, yeah a small market team. Evidently, did you ever see that quote from Jerry's Jerry Reinsdorf? You know, if you're if you're listening, you don't know he owns the White Sox and the Bulls and has forever. Um, he said to like a young executive one time that the best place to finish is second place. Always finish in second place because you're dangling that carrot there for the fans and they'll oh keep coming God. back and buying ticks. This is the kind of owner the Chicago Bulls have. It is a travesty. That's, that is the Absolute dumbest shit travesty. I've ever heard. Yeah, he all he cares about is making money. You know, just make the play yeah. be a be a play-in team this year, Justin. They'll be happy with that. Man. Depressing. Welcome everybody to top rope <laughs> basketball. <laughs> let's let's talk. Let's talk a little uh, pro wrestling here. Right. Uh, I, I did mention that uh, at the top, Kyle and Liam did that show last week. So great discussion on AEW as well as 1998 WCW. They're starting a series on rebooking 1998 WCW, and that was kind of prompted, I think, by the classic show that we did in December. Looking at Starcade '97, so you can check mm-hmm. that out in the archives. You can join the Patreon page if you're not already a patron. And Justin, this month the poll just ended amongst our patrons. We will be doing four classics: Wrestle War '91. Looking forward to it. Should Sweet. Be yeah, always like some old WCW. So that mm-hmm. is patrons voted in. Second place was No Way Out '2001. Almost. Almost one, almost, almost <laughs> got us to the 21st century, but yeah, this, this should be a lot of fun. I think we'll probably be recording that here in a week and a half or so, and that'll be hitting the Patreon feed. So, uh, yeah, link in the broadcast description. If you want more than 100 bonus podcasts from us and thank you to everyone tuning in on all the podcast platforms, please make sure to rate review and subscribe. And, and we are streaming right now on the SE scoops, YouTube channel. So shout out se for all your pro wrestling news. And and please check out the most recent uh, Top Rope Nation Extra if you're a Patreon. And if you're not a Patreon, become one because I was the guest on Extra this time. And uh, I think me and Kyle had a really fun conversation. It was really good. I, I really enjoyed listening to that. It was... Uh... Yeah, it was interesting because Extra, our other Patreon bonus show, is kind of becoming like the Kyle side project. He'll, <laughs> he'll invite on you know different guests. But yeah, it was you and him doing the alternate review of uh, Royal Rumble. It was a good listen, really good listen. Uh, a lot of the same criticisms Jesse mm-hmm. and I had, um, but you know Kyle was pretty fired up. It's it's a good yes, listen. Yes, he was. I know, yeah. I know that's odd for the listeners to hear that Kyle was fired <laughs> up about pro wrestling, but he was. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we could just start then talking about WWE. I had this a little further down on the agenda, but we'll, let's start off with this since we're talking about the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, coming out of the Rumble, they did announce Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns for the Elimination Chamber up in Montreal. That was kind of what we expected. Talked about that on the post show the next day with Jesse. 
And uh, I think everyone is expecting this to lead into a, a tag match for Kevin and Sammy at WrestleMania. So we are getting Cody and, and Roman at WrestleMania. That's, you know, the original plan. They didn't uh, differentiate from their course there. And everybody's talking about this promo that Cody had with Paul Heyman Monday night on Raw. I did not see it live. I saw all of the discussion about it. I was busy during the live broadcast. So I went back and I, I watched it the next morning. And uh, I'm going to throw it to you first, Justin. Do you think the positive praise it was getting was warranted? Did you think it was an all-timer, Justin? I mean, what did you think of Monday Night Raw and Cody and Paul Heyman? Uh, Well, like you, I didn't see it live. And honestly, these days, I I do not watch anything on Raw unless there is some buzz about something. Then I will go back and watch it because I do. I I DVR every episode. Uh, And this one was getting a lot of buzz. Um, You know, on the Twitter feed, people were talking about it. People were talking about it on our Facebook page. And so I went and checked it out and it was good. I, I don't know if it lived up to the, the hype that I had been hearing. I don't know if I, I don't think it was an all timer. Um, and I don't know if it was as good as people are saying, or if it's just so much better than anything else you see on raw these days. Mm-hmm which is kind of where I'm leaning. Um, the, the personal touches were great, you know, about Dusty doing uh, car commercials, not for the money, but just to keep the car. Um, and going into Paul giving Dusty a job in ECW because uh, the roads were basically broke, and more importantly, giving Dusty his confidence back. And, you know, it, it was, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I'm a, I can get emotional in it. And so I was touched because it looked like Paul was genuinely moved and emotional about Cody's speech. Um, But then to me, it just looked like Cody became a little bit of the dumb baby face because he, he took Paul's obviously lie, obvious lie about Dusty's last words to to Paul being that he wished Roman Reigns was his son. Mm. Uh, he took that personally, which I, I thought was, I don't know, a little silly. Like I said, a little bit of dumb baby face, a little, a little overdone. And that could just be because of my own personal feelings about Cody Rhodes right now, where I, I don't know if I'm as high on him as everybody else. I I'm, I'm a little over the, uh, ultra American stuff right now. <laughs> and it was even like, you had, a, you had a term for that on the extra pod. Yeah. Certain little, vibes from that. Yeah. A little, little January 6th vibes from, from <laughs> good old Cody Rhodes. And I don't know if the, I get a little bit of an entitled vibe from him. I'm a, for one, I'm a little over with the whole family thing dusty coming up all the time this week that's all he has to go to but even like when he started the the promo with the uh so what do you guys want to talk about oh, yeah that like, was lame yeah i he needs to stop doing that that just that sounds like a, a shit ass heel move but uh what did you think man well, I agree with you on that criticism of the, what do you want to talk about? It's like, Ugh. okay, the first promo you did when you came from AEW, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that funny. was great. But like to do that every time, no. That ain't, ain't going to work or do it a lot of the time, no. I, 
I didn't like that either. And it, it was just it, more so than anything. It was his delivery of the line, mm-hmm. which was just yeah. obnoxious to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do think it's a, like the presentation. It's it's what the American Nightmare has been since he crafted this gimmick. Um, it is a little over the top patriotism yeah. for me, bordering on nationalism. It's just like, <laughs> um, yeah, I think. You mentioned like with with his father and bringing up Dusty a lot. If he does win the title at Mania, it's going to be interesting if he can sustain the momentum past then because it is a it is a good story that he's made eventing WrestleMania when no one in his family's done it. He's trying to win the title. His dad never mm-hmm. won, mm-hmm. but once he does that, then what? You know, can he sustain momentum as the champion? Can he be a long term champion? I'm not quite sold on that. I think the story of getting there is engaging i'm looking forward to the match and yeah. i we'll get we'll get into the discussions as we get closer to mania and if he should win as as the build goes on i think we have been calling for cody to be the one to beat roman for like almost a year yeah so you know that that has been our, our point of view um and as far as building intrigue in the match goes i i did like this promo quite a bit i didn't think it was like an all-timer or anything like that i thought some of the praise we we talk about this and, and like Kyle talks about this on the extra show with the rumble review. He likes to digest things and look mm-hmm. back on it at least a few days later. I think some of what was being said in the moment was like, because it was fresh. I think when I watched it, I thought it was good, but I was kind of waiting for it to like kick up to that next level from the crazy praise that I saw, like yeah. how good it was. Um, but I, yeah, I did like it a lot. I like, you know, drawing in the connection with Dusty and, and Heyman and the ECW references and, you know, the crowd obviously liked that. But then, yeah, I, I agree. It got to that kind of silly wrestling. Oh, yeah, your dad said that he wished he had Roman Reigns. Like, come on, man. I mean, I, I you know, as someone who, who grew up watching, you know, Dusty and Dustin and Cody, like I even cringed when, uh, Paul delivered the, he told me you were his favorite son line, which I realized that was just to lead into the Roman Reigns line, but I yeah. still was like, I don't, I don't like that. And I don't like Cody's reaction to it where he's like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah I probably was. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, I mean, is that what you want to talk about? Paul? <laughs> I, mean, I just, I think it was just exceptional by today's WWE standards. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that you see such bad acting and wrestling a lot of the time in promos um, that when you see a delivery that is good, like I mean, both of them were phenomenal in the emotion confident part of this and confident. Yeah. You see like the tears welling up because it is, it is a real life story that he did mm-hmm. do that for his dad, everything. So when you, when you actually see that come through in pro wrestling, like, you borderline with reality there and it's well executed. That's always going to get people talking again. I think we're kind of grading on a curve though, because we, so yes. I mean, this is the same show that's broadcasting Bray Wyatt promos for God's sakes and yeah. the Alexa bliss nonsense and you know, everything else, the shush. And I mean, you could go down all, all the terrible yeah. stuff that WWE airs and their promos. Uh, so when you do have someone who's confident in their delivery, as you said, it's going to get people talking. It was really good. I don't know that, um, you know, the next promo they do, if they can build off of this, or they have to just go just a completely different direction. Because, like you said, it's not like they can build this match on. Oh yeah, he, your dad wanted Roman to be his son. Because that's obviously so ridiculous. So coming out of this, I guess the story is just that I'm mad at Paul Heyman. But like, yeah, we knew that already. So I don't, I don't think there was really any material to 
build the feud off of, but I think isolated it was it was it was well executed. It was good. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. And I was a little torn on like the purpose of it too, because I like that at the very beginning he, you know, he said that as of right now, he's gonna be facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, but mm-hmm. you know, kind of feeding off the crowd response is like, you know, it could be Sami Zayn. But that you know, by the weird, by, but at the end, then he was saying, oh, "I am facing Roman at WrestleMania." Well, yeah, so that's how I was going to say. By the end, it basically cemented the fact that it will be Roman versus Cody at WrestleMania, which is what we all expect. Yeah, but yeah. still, it it, it kind of took away a little bit of the intrigue of could Sammy actually do it at Elimination Chamber, which is a possibility I brought up on the extra with. Kyle Ross, full, you know, fully expecting to be shot down by him, and I would assume you also. Yeah, I don't see it happening. It's just, <laughs> I think that if Roman hadn't held the title this long, and they didn't have like the counter all the time on how many days he's had it, and he had only been champion for a couple months, I would very much be on the side of they could do like a shock title change, short term kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But because of how they built up the reign, no pun intended, with. Uh, with him ha- being unbeatable for years now, I just I just don't see it because it would it would take away from Cody being the one to topple him. So I, I agree. I, I, I don't. Think I was so. just I was just trying to have my cake and eat it too by getting Sammy his world title reign. Yeah, and the it, big win in front of the home crowd. Yeah, it's like it's such a weird thing because like the the Sammy thing has never been about him becoming champion. True. Um, it's just been about him conquering the bloodline you know eventually he doesn't have to win the title um you would like to see him get like some i'm sure i'm sure they'll do this because roman's healed he'll, do, he'll get like the visual pinfall you know or something like that uh but it, you know all the comparisons with sammy and and brian and in, in 2014 i just don't think it's the same because with brian it was always about being the champion and that's not the same story here so well yeah. not only that but also like looking outside of just the story uh our alternative main event at wrestlemania is much better here when we're looking at reigns and cody whereas what that we were staring down the barrel of uh randy <laughs> orton and batista you know a matchup right. that nobody fucking wanted to see it in that moment or at that time and i mm-hmm. think that's the major difference between what we're you know what we have going here with daniel bryan and Sami Zayn. Yeah, agree. And uh, yeah, unique situation for WWE. We've talked about for years and years and years how this promotion has struggled to build baby faces and you know all their stars have been heels or tweeners and they legit have two over baby faces who are almost universally cheered right now. It will be interesting to see if Cody sustains that or the fans turn on him like they did in AEW. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so um we shall see. I, I have a feeling eventually, and I don't think it's going to take a real long time. I think the fans are going to turn. What do you think? Hmm. Boy, I'm not sure, man. Um, I really, I guess I hadn't really contemplated that possibility all that much. I, th- I, I do think it's going to happen. I mean, just, I like Cody Rose. Don't get me wrong, but something about, I don't know if it's the pro sometimes he can come across like too polished, not really fake, but sometimes almost like a inauthenticity about him. I I, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like the fans can feel that. And that's what happened in AEW. 
And I think with him coming over to WWE, obviously there was that excitement initially, and there's still that excitement. He's kind of still has that initial excitement with him because he was out for so long. You know, he was he wasn't yeah. around. It was around like what two months. Got injured. Now he's just come back again. So he really hasn't been around that long. Um, but I think with sustained exposure, for a lot of the reasons that you even brought up early about why you're getting tired of already the shtick, yeah, I think there will be a decent portion of the audience that will kind of turn on him. You know, depending on who he feuds with, because it'll you know he wins the title and he's not feuding with Roman. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen depending you know, on who they put him in there with. He, he also, he gives me uh, that those always working vibes, but in the bad way, like Hogan gives me the always working vibes. <laughs> I it, saw that with um, the, did you watch any of the press scrum that he did after the rumble? Uh-uh. Someone had a tweet where they were like, Cody comes off like so friendly and, and so polished with these reporters and you just have that feeling of like he's going to the back and he's making fun of them but god you love him in the moment <laughs> yeah yeah you know, i have liked him for a long time i want to like him yeah um i'm just i'm just worried about 15 years from now when he's taken over for glenn jacobs as <laughs> no as mayor with some bad I- ideologies oh man oh god i hope not um <laughs> I, I bought one of his shirts one time, an AW that he did for like a fundri- fundraiser for like one of the floods or hurricanes or something off of pro wrestling tees. And really all it is is like his American Nightmare logo on the front. And when I got it, I was like, you know what? I almost feel like this logo could be misinterpreted for the types of yep. <laughs> people you mentioned a little bit ago. And I've never worn the shirt for that reason. Yep. <laughs> It's like, I don't want people thinking I'm storming the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sitting there in my closet. It was like the money was for a good cause. So I bought it. But when I got it, I was like, hmm, I maybe should have thought a little harder yeah. on this one. <laughs> yeah, and, and just for the record, I, I know I'm being a little hard on him. I mean, shit, he was the guy that, uh, you know, Amanda Huber called him and Big E to, you know, break the news to uh, Brody's son that, you know, his dad had passed. So, mm-hmm. um. It, there there's some good qualities there uh there i'm sure he's a good person but yeah i'm i'm just not sure how i feel about his on-screen character right now same i, I like the guy personally and uh i like the story they're telling but i can i can see where those criticisms come in and i can see why like the AEW audience turned on him mm-hmm. and i could see why it could happen in wwe um and I hope if it happens in WWE, he does go heel, which yeah. we didn't see in AEW. You know? mm-hmm. So he's good. He's good. He has charisma. He has the delivery down. He, I think he can thrive as a babyface or a heel. So we'll see. Any other thoughts on Raw or should we flip it over to no. AEW? <laughs> I know you watched all three hours, including the commercials. No fast forwarding. Twice. You're analyzing all the advertising and everything. Watched Just it twice. Detailed notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So let's talk dynamite since that is recent history. I mean, raw was God an entire three, three nights ago, Justin, uh, last night's dynamite really had people talking to a uh, lot of good stuff on the show. Maybe some would argue too much. I, I mean, I don't know stuff gets, to, you know, sometimes it tends to get lost because they feature so much good stuff on the show. That criticism can sound silly at times, but well, I mean, but specifically, 
I think you're referring to like pretty incredible freaking matches that yeah. they're they're on a roll in that regard. I think a lot of us are still waiting for, you know, the hook as far as not the wrestler, but like some, something to really hook us into uh, as far as story goes, like with mm-hmm. revolution. But man, the I mean, th- there uh, there were absolutely three matches on last night's show that, you know, dare I say humped. <laughs> I was wondering if that term would be used. I would, wow. I would give, I would give two of them about four and a half humps. <laughs> what does a half hump look like exactly? <laughs> you might have to like visually do this on the camera sometime. What is a half hump? <laughs> um, oh, I could go a lot of different. But it, it just I'm seems like like we're we're getting all these great matches, and I'm just. I brought it up in our, in our text thread that like I'm watching the show last night and I used the wrong terminology in our, in our text thread. I said, it's like, boy, am I kind of wishing that there was just like some shittier matches on these shows? Mm-hmm. And, and that was the wrong terminology. And and what I was really looking for was we need some of this stuff to breathe a little bit. Yeah. Cause like, it just feels like some of this great stuff is being lost in the shuffle a little bit i mean already this year we we had you know we've had what two pretty incredible mox and page matches the mark briscoe and jay lethal match was incredible uh darby and joe have had two phenomenal matches and and like i said in last night's show you know the the trios match was really good and then i thought you know mjf and Takeshita was incredible yeah and mm-hmm. I, I you know I want to say a possible match of the year between uh, Danielson and Roosh, but God knows. I mean, that could be lost in the shovel within a uh, shuffle within a month. Like, I, I don't know how we're going to feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. You almost wish that they could spread the wealth a little bit and yeah. like spread these match matches out. Like even feature one on rampage, get you to tune yeah. in one on the next week's dynamite because, or even just like, two of them on a on a edition of dynamite because you know, kyle brought up in our in our text thread the you know multiple blade jobs on on the show and i agree with that criticism i do like blood and wrestling mm-hmm. but not that much on the same show it just it loses the power you know so that i think that was a valid criticism but yeah i mean started off with that Takeshita mjf match was phenomenal oh. i mean you, ba- you barely see mjf in the ring on tv anymore and Dude, I mean, like the he was out of this world. I thought everything like he's doing everything he can to get booed when the crowd wants to cheer him. Yeah, he's solid in the ring. That like he took like that clothesline where he landed on his feet. Yes, yes, that was the, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yes, from from the top rope. Uh, yep, Takeshita. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was awesome. I mean, and that was a hell of a way to open the show. Yeah, you the. Uh, the Brian Roosh match was phenomenally, you know, hard hitting. Yes. Brian bled all over the place. I mean, if you like chops, this is the match for you. Uh, it's a sprint, you know, it's not a 30 minute match. It was like, what about 15 minutes, maybe a little bit under you got the trios match, which was very good. High flying, lots of near pinfalls. And that's the thing I love about dynamite and, you know, AEW is that we had three amazing matches, but they were all kind of very different kinds of matches. Yes. You, 
you know, and they're all telling different kinds of stories. Um, but even while I say that, I'm like, I'm already starting to think of nitpicks. Like what's the elite doing where, you know, what's their direction? I was going to ask you this. I'm just going to jump into it right there as a okay. segue. Um, do you think the trios titles are a problem? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Be- I, I, because- I think that, I think the tag team titles, they should have just had a little bit of fun with it and made it where it was something where you could, it could be defended by two or three, depending on what your group is. Mm-hmm. Because frankly, right now, the tag team titles feel lesser, especially with the current freaking champions. Yeah. We'll talk about they, that. <laughs> they feel less important mm-hmm. because the elite who started the goddamn company have the trio titles. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it doesn't feel like their matches are important because it's, it's obviously it's obvious who's going to win those matches. Right. Yeah. It's this, this company's had at different times, like so much depth in the tag division, but right now it feels so weak. Mm -hmm. You alluded to the new champions, which we'll talk about, but like, yeah, you, you take the bucks totally out of the picture. Uh, you know, Kenny can't really do anything in the singles area right now and then it's like whoever they're feuding with in the trios picture is not competing for the tag team titles so you know you don't have like death triangle obviously or the lucha bros you you could put the lucha bros back into the tag Mm -hmm. team title picture i suppose at this point but you know they were tied up for weeks and weeks and weeks and to me it's just a detriment because you're taking away from what could be such a solid tag team division and you're splitting everybody up and and putting them with a third person because you got to have feuds for that other title it's just overkill to me you know, I, I know on paper it sounds like a good idea and they've got it in other in other companies, but it ju- they just do not need that many titles. They don't need to weaken their tag division in a company that essentially has two hours of TV a week. I know they have Rampage, but like nobody pays attention to Rampage. So on your prime show, two hours a week, it's too much. It's too much. And I hate that the tag division feels so weak right now. And I hate the decision they made too. There, more on yeah. that in a little bit. Can I get a little nerdy with you for a second? Since oh, Kyle, since Kyle's not here, because I know he wouldn't give a shit about this. I, I hate how vanilla and bland the the trio's title design is. Mm. I mean, it's like I don't even I could barely differentiate them from the tag titles. It's just like, yeah, I, they do. They, they do have a, a similar look, don't they? I gotta look yeah, at close again. There's just nothing unique about it. Yeah, they kind of look like the WCW tag belts a little yes. bit. Yes. Um, but yeah. Or, or, I, I, or the lesser version of the, uh, not the sweet uh, WCW TV title with the the red mm-hmm. highlights oh, on it. Uh, the, the one, one that had, like, after the network that, logos on the, it. The the one after that okay. it looks like yeah, the, yeah. you know the kind of just the generic belt yeah yeah, yeah know, I just think the, just a mild the, nitpick I oh I agree I think the the tag belts are far superior I think it, and even though I mean those are fine even those I I don't know it, for like you know that absolutely gorgeous world title behind mm-hmm. your right shoulder there it's like yeah the, you know how inspired that is mm-hmm. and, and how uninspired i mean almost every other title outside of the tnt and i'd say tbs designs i both like but other than that 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's a problem. And, and, you know, everyone wants to see the Bucks and Kenny in important matches. And it just doesn't, it feels like they can have matches like they had this week with Top Flight and AR Fox, but they don't really mean much. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it, it doesn't feel like they can have a good feud. They could, I guess, if FTR and CM Punk were there. You know, That'd be nice. that would be a hell of a feud. That would Maybe be nice. it'll happen in the future. Fingers crossed they can work out something. But right now, it just does feel like you can have some good matches here and there, but they're kind of just spinning their tires. I, I don't know. I it's To me, it's such a detriment with the tag team division. And, you know, they have the acclaimed, who are still one of the most over acts in the company. But, you know, has their, their tag title run been a little lackluster? Yeah, I don't think it's their fault. It's because they've weakened the tag division so much. And... Let's just go into this. The Gun Club? Tag team champions? I mean, it's fine for a feud. The feud makes sense, obviously, with Billy Gunn. But that doesn't mean these guys should be tag team champions. <laughs> you know? Like, I saw someone on Twitter had this comment, and I laughed. And I'd give credit if I know who it was. And you could you could search the words and probably find it. But they were like, the Gun Club feels like they should be the USWA tag team champions, <laughs> not the WWF tag team champions, right? It's clearly like a tier below that. And yeah. they have been so careful with who has held these tag titles for the duration of the company. Yes. You know, and it that yes. makes it so shocking that they would move. I don't know what Tony was thinking. Is it this feels just premature. Short, like, yeah. I mean, a short shock thing and they move it back to acclaim. Like, why even do that? Yeah, I, I, I don't get him in. I assume is that they're trying to add a little bit of spice to this feud because they don't have any other challengers lined mm-hmm. up or anything else interesting to do in this tag team division. So they're like, fuck, this is about all we can do right now. It just it doesn't make sense, though, like on any level, because the acclaimed. So if you watch that show and you look at the front row, it's a claim shirt everywhere this this team is among the most over acts singles trios tag team in the entire company they're still getting amazing reactions they've had the belts now for what four ish a little over four months Mm -hmm. um their time hasn't come you look you know the the tag history it's a who's who of some of the best talent in the company you know the biggest leap was keith lee and swerve because you're like oh can they be a tag team but they're two phenomenal workers that have been around a long time and it worked and it was great the gun club are just they're thriving off the association with an overact because of their dad's involvement but like should you be and this is kind of, I was talking about this with Cody and, you know, where does Cody go once he beats Roman? Can he carry the, the momentum? I know for damn sure the gun club cannot carry momentum as tag team champions against anybody but the acclaimed right now. Yeah. Like they could not move on to another team right now and have any credibility. The only reason they're in a featured program is because of their dad and that story. But that does, that's not enough to make them the tag team champions and to join that lineage who's who of some of the best workers in the company. I mean, they're, they're still fairly green. I think they're good, but not tag team championship worthy right now. I was, I was stunned Justin. And that, that title win was like death in that building. Yeah, it was, it was not good heat. And you know, first, first they booed and then it was just silence. I mean, absolute silence. They played their theme for a little while and then they cut the theme off. 
And it was like nothing. There was like no reaction to it at all I mean, until the bullshit chant. And that's the weird thing is, is you, th- you would think that after the one thing that all out should have taught you is that the crowd is not ready to see the acclaimed lose no at all. And I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to just keep building them up and up and up and up until you find, until the right team comes along yeah. to, to pull the trigger on, on something like this, which, you know, I don't think I would have minded near as much if this happened like three or four months from now, after the, the acclaimed have really established themselves as, you know, top guys in the tag division. Um, but, you know, maybe that's the point is that Tony's looking at the depth. He's not seen any depth and he needs some. So he, he's trying to lift up the gun club. I just I think it's premature. Yeah, I just don't think you do that by just putting a shock title victory on yeah. the resume like that. I mean, this this feels like something WWE would do to, to shock their audience out of nowhere, even though it didn't make any sense. And. I mean, like, just just think about this. Okay, so the acclaim, they're so over that anyone they work is going to benefit from them right now. Like, there's going to be fan investment because they care about everything the acclaim does. Imagine, like, a tag title feud right now. Just throw out some names. You know, like, the Gun Club and, um, oh, I don't know. Top Flight, okay? Like mm-hmm. great workers, but nobody would give a shit about that as a tag team title feud, right? Yeah. I mean, it just yeah. wouldn't have the credibility as a as a tag team title feud. I, I like all of those workers, especially top flight, but it just like doesn't feel like that, that can hold a title, you know, a title feud spot on a pay-per-view. Like who's tuning in for that pay-per-view match? You know, there's not going to be that same kind of investment that you have with the acclaimed, and that's why they're the champions and why they should be the champions. And I would bet they're gonna, unless I mean, I guess they could keep it on the gun club to move it back to FDR, but like they're going to have to have it for some time to do that. Yeah, and that, that seems like, are that, they going to really hold the would, titles to like double or nothing? Yeah, that'd be like two months from now. Uh, I, mean, I don't see it, but I mean, I, it, so it just feels like, okay, we'll do a rematch at Revolution and the acclaimed will win the titles back. I mean, there was some point. I don't know. Yeah. Man. I guess to, to if you think it's going to draw more interest into the match, you know, whatever, but. I was, I was stunned. You're you're not getting more pay per view buys, so that people can see a claim to get that title match, or you know yeah. to get their titles back. I mean, you're it was just, like a just kind of you're you're just hurting their uh, their aura. Yeah, I mean it was it was a bullshit heel win, of course. Mm-hmm. Like in the fans' minds, the acclaim still the champions. You know they didn't lose clean, but nah, I didn't like it. I thought I thought for such a good addition of dynamite it was a <laughs> bad way to end i it was just like the wrong kind of heat crowd stunned crowd angry and like that's how they went off the air i will say the the one silver lining is i was relieved that they didn't once again uh do a swerve with billy gunn helping his sons mm-hmm. win the championships when he came out i was like oh god no please so that that was a, at least a relief yeah, yeah, that seemed like the obvious thing that they would be doing, but mm-hmm. no, no. So that it was a disappointing finish. Um, so we talked about the trios titles. Yeah, definitely, we're both in lockstep there. Bad for the company because of their lack of tag depth. Yeah, this Revolution card, man. I mean, we it seems like every time we're getting close to an AEW pay per view, 
it's we're like, what are the matches going to be? What are the matches going to be? And then like at the last minute, it all comes together. But yeah, I mean, we're what um, just under a month away and we th- three and a half weeks away yep. and we have one match. <laughs> it's not ideal. What did you think of MJF's promo backstage? Ha, I thought it was freaking amazing. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I loved like the the change of setting. Mm-hmm. Got him in the back. Yeah. yeah. Just drenched in sweat. You had to like that. Oh, <laughs> come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. <laughs> he uh, invites uh, the, the announcer, what, Lexi, right? Over to yes. sit by him and come here, sweetheart. And then he tells this story about driving this girl around in his car and <laughs> things are happening in the car. He's, he goes in and he's getting oral sex from this girl in the car. He means to hit the brake and he hits the gas and he hits a, what do you say, a telephone pole? Yes. And then he had to make that decision of what kind of man am I going to be? And he, he realized when he saw the cop car lights, he he put her in the driver's seat and switched positions with her. Like this dastardly bastard here. He, he oh is, man, he is damn good at playing his role. I'll give him that. What was that line he had? Um, I should have wrote it down. It was so good about something along the lines of, "Am I bad because the people hate me, or do the people hate me because I'm bad, or something like that?" That was a great Ooh, line. Yeah, that was such a good line. But yeah, I mean. He's so intense and it just comes through on the TV screen so well that like the minute you want to, everyone wants to cheer him. He, he gives a promo that, like this. And you're like this fucking guy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> boo him. He is so good. I mean, just must see television right now. I loved it too. <laughs> it definitely pushed the envelope. I mean, this is why with my little kids, I'll let them watch WWE, but AEW, I have to kind of vet that ahead of time. Daddy, what does he mean when he's putting his uh, tongue in his cheek like that? What is that? What's going on in the car? What's yeah, happening that was, here? That was not subtle at all. No. no I was even was kind of shocked to see that on AEW. Yeah. Man, I really wish I would have written that quote down because it was it was so good. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can find it here. If you're in the chat, let us, if, if you know it word for word. But I thought that that was um, phenomenal. It's not in this review here. They didn't quote it either. But go back and watch it. Uh, great line. Something along the lines of, am I am I evil or am I bad because the people hate me? Or do the people hate me because I'm bad or something like that? It was good, good stuff. Okay. So what else do we want to cover? For, I think that's pretty much what I wanted to hit from Dynamite. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the Brian and Roosh match. So physical. The chops. Brian get the, getting that victory. Did, what did you did you like the whole deal they did with Brian being locked and then breaking through the door to get out there before the ten counter? Was that too hokey for you? The execution was a little hokey, but I'm also okay with it. <laughs> if I don't that that probably doesn't make any sense, but I, I'm glad they're kind of adding some details to this rivalry. They actually the only the only thing I had a problem with was that like. So that happened, and you hear Roosh's music playing, and MJF goes out there to try and get Aubrey to make the count. And all I want is like, in in my kayfabe brain, is like, well, they should start Brian's music, and then when he doesn't come out, that's when you start counting. So that that was my only tiny criticism. Yeah. Does it does it bother you? I mean, Brian is just. I mean, he's always phenomenal. He really feels 
like he is just knocking it out of the park every single week. Are you bothered by the fact that it seems there's no chance he'll be <laughs> world champion <laughs> despite having a great match with MJF here? No. Um, it doesn't bother me because I am pretty convinced it doesn't bother him at all that I don't think he probably has all that much interest in being champion at this point. Mm-hmm. He just wants to wrestle mm-hmm. and I, I'm okay with him just having great matches and kind of building that upper mid card uh, for the roster. Yeah. I found that quote from the promo here. He said, Brian Danielson, you treat me like I'm some sort of scumbag. These fans treat me like I'm a scumbag. You know, I don't know if you people hate me because I'm twisted or if I'm twisted because you hate me. (laughs) That is such a great line. (laughs) And he says, but here's what I do know. I know that a man does not know what he is truly made of until he is met with adversity. And then he went through that story about the girl and the blue Camaro and what was going on with the telephone pole and all that. Yeah, it was... uh, Great, great stuff. Check out that promo if you missed it. But yeah, hell of a dynamite with a questionable closing winner, especially in the main event slot there for the tag team titles, I thought. So, all right, Justin, before we go, should we hit this mailbag? Let's do it. All right, we haven't done this in quite a long time. We used to do it on the show like once a month or so. But we're getting back into the Top Rope Nation mailbag. We got these questions here from our Facebook group today. So if you're not in the Facebook group, There's a link in the broadcast description, or you can search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion over on Facebook.com. Great group of people there talking wrestling every single day. So I put up the post earlier today that Justin and I were going to do a mailbag, and we had a lot of people come through in the comments with possible questions. And uh, we're going to pick a few of them, see how many we can get to tonight. The ones that we don't get to, maybe we will get to in the near future. Ready, Justin? I'm going to ask you the question first. All right, let's do it. Okay. So this comes from our guy, Niall Clark, who just had a phenomenal series. He just wrote all on his own in the Facebook group on the history of the Royal Rumble. Shout out on that again. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. He said, I, 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 hold on. I'm going to say it yeah. right here. If, if you're not part of our Facebook group, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, seriously. This you, is the kind of stuff you're missing out on is, is Niall's write-up of, of every single freaking royal rumble uh it it was incredible i made the comment on there one day i was like between what niall does there you know kyle often will write like long form Mm -hmm. form things in there sometimes people chime in michael jenkinson's another one it's like i feel like there's better feature writing going on sometimes (laughs) in our pro wrestling discussion group on facebook than a lot of wrestling websites to be honest with you you guys got to get in there absolutely all right so here's what niall wrote he said One thing I miss in modern wrestling is the sets. They made every pay-per-view feel unique and added to the spectacle of the show, in my opinion. I hate the screen setup they have now. So my question is, what are your favorite sets or stage designs in pro wrestling history? And if you could bring back one thing from the past into modern wrestling, what would it be and why? Niall Clark. Justin, hit me with your favorite sets. Ooh, boy. I mean... I'm not sure how to approach it. Are, they, are we just thinking like pay-per-views or like the old Raw or SmackDown sets? Anything. Like yeah. I, I, w- I know people have nostalgia for it, but mm-hmm. I was never a fan of the SmackDown giant fist. I oh, really? It, I, yeah, wow. I thought that was That's on my corny. list. I oh, it. shoot. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I liked it. 
Well, it, one of the things I liked about it was it felt so much different than Raw. Like it oh, really yeah, felt like a yeah, whole yeah, different yeah. show. Yeah. Absolutely. Um boy, I don't see, I kind of like the the current giant just screens and video displays that they have. Um, I don't know if I like the current new dynamite set compared to the old one with with the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Um WWE has been pretty generic with the, they've all kind of looked the same for the most part. Boy, I don't know. I I you know I wish uh WWE would have like a, a throwback night, but it'd be like a nitro and they'd have the nitro set. I mm-hmm. think that would be pretty cool. I think that that nitro set i mean we have any wrestling fan who lived through that has a lot of great memories yeah um man i don't have a great answer for this one how about you so the smackdown fifth set was on my list um the original nitro set not that star trek looking bullshit they had at the end but the the original one with like the steel and the wcw silver on the sides that set was very cool um you know, it's it's ironic because I remember when the Raw's War started and they put the big screen up for the first time, and I thought, oh my god, I've never seen a screen that big at a wrestling show. How yeah. cool is that? Who knew that? Like that was the forerunner to every single wrestling stage yeah. for the next twenty five years. Uh, I did like I, it at the time, though. I, I like the uh, the multicolored. I mean, it was small, but the multicolored uh, entrance, like during the new generation, you know, mm-hmm. beginning with the when raw first started i thought that was yeah. always pretty great with the wwf neon with the, yes. the lights yeah, yeah yeah um yeah so i'd say the smackdown fist for sure i'd say the original nitro set like the halloween havoc sets were usually pretty cool um probably some of those bash at the beach one once in a while was cool um yeah i i always liked how it wasn't really a cool set but like even those little plain ones they had where it was almost like the box they came out of with like the lights that flash, but it was like so much different than raw. Mm-hmm. It was like a totally different feel. I agree with Niall that now everything feels the same. Cause all they do is just change the logo on the screens. I, I actually, yeah, I agree. I think I like the old dynamite set better than the one they're using now. Um, it just felt more unique. It almost feels like it's just trying to be WWE now. Yeah. But that, that uh, could be the whole uh aesthetic of the new dynamite yeah. where it's just basically like red white and blue compared to mm-hmm. like the multicolored of the the previous one and it, it did have a uniqueness that this current one is lacking a little bit you know which one i really liked i liked again it's simple but i liked that wrestlemania 10 the x and how it like opened up and it was right in front mm-hmm. of the hard cam yeah they used a similar design, you know, where they would have like the old King of the Rings and they'd have the guy standing there who would open the doors. It always <laughs> looked kind of cool. <laughs> or what about like the backlash sets where it was like the swinging hook? That was cool. Yeah, looking. yeah I like those. Um, I'm always going to be partial to uh, WrestleMania 34. I thought that mm-hmm. was an all time set design. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were there right by it. I think the, the Raw's War set, I guess it would have been probably like 99 2000 where they had the wwf logo in the middle with like the lights behind it and like all the steel around it there like still the same big um 
video screen right above, but like the entrance way looked a little bit different. I like that one quite a bit too. But that that's what comes to my mind right away, at least. I, I wish they would go back to unique pay-per-view sets. I don't think it's gonna happen just because of, you know they just feel like they can just throw up a screen and do it all digitally, but it does make everything feel very similar almost all the time. At least for WrestleMania, they change it still and do something totally unique and I guess even like the rubble, they had a different set. So that's, yeah, you you would think with AW basically just having four pay-per-views a year, five, if you count forbidden door that I I do wish they would at least mix it up for those. They tried like a little bit with double or nothing. Remember like they had the poker chips and stuff, but Mm -hmm. it's still like the same general setup. Um, But yeah, yeah. I mean, they could, they could change it up a little bit. I think that's that's a really good question. The first time that, AEW felt fresh when it came to their, or it felt special with their uh, setup was the first Grand Slam where, you know, they had the Mm. ramp with, you know, it was like the video, whatever, like WWE does all the time with their WrestleMania entrance ramps. But yeah, that was really good. Yeah. I always kind of liked the in your house set too. Not going to lie. I always thought it was kind of cool looking with the house up there coming out of the garage <laughs> you know, it's very, it very simple but it was such a different look again from you know tv i liked it a lot so you don't really have that same flavor where every month you're with the pay-per-views you're wondering oh what's it gonna look like now you know it's a lot different today so great question if, is there anything you would bring back that was the second part of his question if you could bring back one thing from the past and a modern wrestling ah oh, shit i wanted i can't remember i should look it up but my phone is across the room now. I want. I was just going to steal somebody else's from the Facebook chat. That uh, the vignettes for people about to debut is mm-hmm. easily my number one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know, one thing that it's not really old school, but it's something that New Japan had done traditionally was you know they would do the the lineage of the IWGP champions before a championship mm. match. It would show like pictures of them all. I think that's really cool. You see that in boxing sometimes too. I think that that's something that I like that. Yeah. That's really nice. could do. Just a real quick run through where it's just like, you like flashes all the people that have held the title. WWE would take a while at this point. AEW. <laughs> do it. Um, but I, I like that. I like, I always like the nods to history. Yeah, I like I like the promo, the backstage promos right before a match that was mentioned in the group. Yeah, I like that as well. So, yeah, great question there, Niall. I got one from Curtis here. I know Curtis was watching live. If he's still here, Curtis Brooks, our guy up at Canada, he said, "Are AEW house shows a draw for you personally? And what's the furthest you would travel to see an AEW house show?" So, if you weren't aware, AEW is now going to start doing house shows. Uh, Justin, is that a draw for you? And how far would you travel? The draw for me would be to take my kid to it. Uh, that'd basically be it. I can't imagine them coming to anywhere within an hour of us, but I would be willing to go to Des Moines, which is about two hours away to take my kid to a, an AEW house show. I yeah I, when I saw this I liked it because I thought oh they might actually do a show in Iowa <laughs> you know like WWE, will come, <laughs> WWE comes here a couple of times a year WCW always did but with AEW's limited schedule I've just not seen it as a possibility so we've I mean we've traveled all over to go to AEW shows Chicago you know up to the Twin Cities of course out to Vegas 
So I, I would say two hours for me. I'd go for a house. show. I'd definitely go to Des Moines to go to one. I, it is a draw for me. I actually really, really like going to house shows. WWE, when they come around, I don't really even consider going to the TV. But if it's a house show, I'll consider going. They're a lot hmm. more fun. It's just it's a more loose environment. You feel yeah. closer to the performers. It seems like the performers are having more fun because it's I know this sounds weird for pro wrestling, but it feels less staged than the TV <laughs> where they're just, you know, where they're just playing to the camera all the time. They're actually a lot more engaged with the fans. And I took my daughter to her first show last May, WWE house show, and it was a blast. So I think. Yeah, I'd go two hours, no more than two hours, but it would probably be Des Moines. You're right. I, Ro- I doubt they'd run Cedar Rapids. Roman Reigns' last house show, right? It was the last house show match Roman yeah. worked. I was at with my daughter. She likes to brag. She saw Roman in person. So, yeah. Good question there. Um, Oh, man. Our guy Rick had a lot of good questions here in the group. Um, Should I pick out one of these? Let's see. Okay. He said... He loves good comedy in wrestling. He said he watched the promo. This is Rick Skelton. Watched the promo when Sammy corpsed everyone with Jay's not being not feeling oozy again. Hilarious stuff. Do we have any favorite comedy moments, Justin, from the history of pro wrestling? Don't say the Mr. McMahon kiss my ass club. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, nothing specific really jumps out. It's more of like uh anything with Austin and angle during that brief time when Austin couldn't wrestle. So he just did comedy. I, you know, I loved all of that. Uh, I actually really enjoy the corniness of the Jericho appreciation society of their little, their twirls and pants ripping and stuff. I mean, it, it's so bad. It's kind of great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Jericho's been pretty consistently very entertaining as far as uh, comedy goes in professional wrestling. I, I remember the uh, Peen and William Regal's tea. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what about you? A lot of my favorite ones were like unintentionally funny, like not mm. meant to be funny. I think the the ones that come to mind that were supposed to be funny are like, that 2003 version of the rock when you would come back and you'd do the concerts and he'd bash the cities like the, 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 uh, the song you did in Sacramento that everyone remembers where he bashed the Kings. That was pretty funny stuff. I like the rock concerts they did in, in 03. Um, I love, <laughs> I love the, the Sid justice interview at WrestleMania eight where he's screaming at Gene Okerlund about, no, <laughs> shut up, you short, fat little oaf. <laughs> Me and my friends watch that so many times. I don't yeah. know if my friend Mike is listening right now or not, but me and my friend Mike, all the time in high school, I would pull out that tape. Yes, a VHS tape of WrestleMania 8, and we would watch that and just die laughing. And it's like he was just trying to be an intense, you know, but it was hilarious the way he would scream at him. Or like... um you know, like Gene, the famous blooper with Gene where the SummerSlam uh, logo falls behind him and Rick Rude. That's pretty funny <laughs> stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, usually like unintentionally funny stuff. Mick Foley was always pretty entertaining as far as, you know, the comedic yeah. sense goes. Um, I even enjoyed like 
it's you know where they're at in the card plays a big part of it but like i was always entertained by santino i i enjoyed his shtick mm-hmm. edge and christian you know mm-hmm. early in their run were always pretty funny you mentioned angle angle was pretty funny all the time like the the milk truck thing i mean that's classic. oh yeah that was hilarious yeah, yeah. so I, I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this you guys same, can hit us up in the same. facebook group you you just link to them on youtube that would be a great thread funniest stuff from wrestling history that you laughed at so much um you want to do any more should i pick one more let's do one more all right let's see god there's good stuff here can i uh, some some of these i I would have to like research i feel like i don't know if i can do them on the spot yeah go ahead Justin. I, I remember one that I saw. Uh, I can't remember specifically what the question was, but it was. I think it was about guilty pleasure. Yep, that was Stuart. All right, Stuart yeah, had that. Yeah, let's do that one. Okay, he said Stuart wrote your first guilty pleasure in wrestling as a kid. Who did you like when as a kid you look back and wonder why? He said, apart from nails, obviously, who he loved. <laughs> Because Stuart is like the biggest nails fan you will ever meet. It's it's amazing. It's an amazing bit he's got going. It's not even a bit. He likes nails. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's good stuff. It's and uh, incredible. He also loved uh, Ludwig Borga. Now that I don't get, I'm a little concerned for you, Stuart. <laughs> uh, yeah. So someone you liked as a kid, and you wonder why you liked them. Wow. I feel like I should look in this cabinet behind me and look at the Hasbro figures. <laughs> like there's got to be someone from that kind of cartoon era where now I wonder why I liked them. I, uh, someone, I saw this question this morning and I've, I've been thinking about it all day and I know there's got to be somebody that I just don't remember. And like some of the names I'm thinking of, I don't think do this question justice, but like, I was oddly, you know, a pretty big Tom Zank fan, the Z-Man in WCW. Mm -hmm. Um, I was such a sucker as a kid for anything, oddly enough, talking about, you know, Cody earlier, anything super over-the-top patriotic, like I love the Patriot, Mm -hmm. or anything kind of like not too over-the-top strange, but like kind of gothic or like i was into papa shango as a kid yeah and then like i i think honestly i think my answer as a kid like if you'd asked me like you know what's your guilty pleasure as a wrestling fan as a kid i would have said something like bobby eaton you know i was like because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't look like your typical you know wrestler that you'd be a big fan of, but Bobby Eaton was somebody I always fucking loved as a kid. And yeah, I, would, yeah. I, you know, I would never be able to explain it, but now obviously everybody knows he was just like one of the all time greats in the ring. Um, yeah. for newer stuff, I, I hate to admit it. I was always a big fan of the vaudevillains. Mm-hmm. I remember that you really liked, did you, did you have one of their t-shirts? No, never got a t-shirt thought about I, it. Yeah. I definitely considered it, but obviously, you know, I, I was always a bit of a nerd for the Finn demon stuff. Um, man. Yeah. I, I know I'm forgetting something out there that I'm, I'm going to remember like a week from now, I'll be kicking myself that I couldn't <laughs> throw it out there on the pod. But you know what? Once, I got past the 
uh, Hogan is the greatest stage. And I realized, you know, the other part of wrestling, the in-ring art with like Bret Hart, I could never really go back from that. And so a lot of people that I could have guilty pleasures for just I, I i never really consider especially especially if the company quit on them immediately yeah man i can't think of anything where like looking back now i'd be like why did i like because it was usually people that have aged pretty well or like they weren't great workers necessarily but they were big personalities and like they're still stars today you know like obviously as a kid i liked warrior a lot I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's not a not guilty, really pleasure. guilty pleasure, that's, though. But even yeah. like I, I, I was thinking in that along that same lines, I was trying to think of those mid card baby faces that you'd assume I'd be big fans of. And I never really was like, you know, big boss man, hacksaw, bushwhackers, you know, it's like they're 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 fine. They serve their purpose, but I can't say they were ever a guilty pleasure. Yeah, that's a tough question. I, I remember there was a, like two or three weeks where I thought Lash LaRue would be something. <laughs> and then the That's... bottom fell out of that. <laughs> oh man. I remember, uh, I remember some kids that in, I guess I was like junior high or high school at the time that were actually really into Lash LaRue. That's funny. You mentioned that now. I, I thought he was going to be the next Jericho. Yeah. I, I can I can still see this guy in my mind in my high school who loved Lash LaRue. I think he even might have like grown out his sideburns to look like his, <laughs> if I remember right. Oh man. Yeah, there was there was like for a little bit there they he had like a, a good fan base for sure. Uh the headbangers. Yeah, you know what? Like that's a good one. mentioned them. I guess I kind of liked them. You know, it was we talked about him a little bit. Well, we've talked about him on multiple shows, I guess, because we've done a lot of 97 classics. But I feel like it came up maybe during the uh, the one we did on um, Shotgun Saturday Night. But, like, they fit that moment of the 90s so well. Mm-hmm. You know, just the the overall feeling of, like, that grudge, grunge, headbanger-ish kind of period based on, like, the clothes they wore, but, like, then also the music. And they're just, like, so, um, you know, perfect image of that period. Yeah. And, american culture that like it's hard to explain to someone now if they would watch an old show like why did anyone cheer these because they were definitely over (laughs) they were absolutely over and if you watch it now like isolated and you didn't live through 1997 you might be like why would anyone like these geeks but at the time they totally were pop culture a hundred percent and so I, I guess that that would for sure qualify. I, in fact, I have some headbangers, Jack's figures in the room across from me that my daughters mm. play with right now. <laughs> I actually picked, I made a point to pick those up at Toys R Us sometime in 97, I remember. So that that definitely qualifies. That's a good nod. I, uh, I was, there was, I wouldn't even say there was a time because I'm probably still this way of being a fan of babyface tag teams that kind of dress the same and have kind of, I wouldn't say outlandish, but yeah, nope. I'm going to say it outlandish gimmicks. Like, I, mm-hmm. like when I was starting to get back into wrestling uh, around 2010, 2011, boy, I, hopefully my time isn't off here, but I remember like being kind of intrigued by the Highlanders. 
It's like, oh, oh who, who are yeah, these? Yeah. Who are these guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I like the callback to the vaude villains because I liked them too. I liked the uh, the whole black and white theater feel during their entrance. I thought that yeah. was pretty creative. That would be a guilty pleasure for sure. But no, there's this is good. I I love doing the mailbag. We need to do this more often. It gets us on a lot of different topics. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some other ones that I want to get to, but I I, I feel like I I need to uh, research this a little better and in hopes of not having dead air as I try to think about it. But like Huffman had one on the WWE Hall of Fame, and I have to think about that a little bit. Um, <laughs> Justin doesn't want to talk WWE Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, who at this point with the Hall of Fame, it's just like, does it even shit? Like they put on everybody in. I like, couldn't even. I couldn't struggle. even tell you who was in and who wasn't. Like I, I don't know. even know who's out there. To, I mean, like Lanny, I guess. That, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Is like, I feel like I would say someone who's already in. <laughs> like I exactly. have to double check yeah. because they put so many people in who aren't really Hall of Famers. It's like they're scraping the bottle of the barrel. I mean, there's a few people out there they haven't done yet that are big stars that can headline. But like when we went to Mania the last time in 18, we didn't even consider going to the Hall of Fame show like at all. It was never even talked about. Nobody wanted to go. I went in 06 to see Brett. and That was super cool. But like these days, if I was going to Mania weekend, I would not go to the Hall of Fame. Totally I, I'd, time. I would be I would buy a ticket if they put Vince in. And have his accusers induct him. <laughs> it's like a congressional hearing. <laughs> they just give free reign to <laughs> ask him questions while he's up there. Oh my god! I mean, the other thing too, when I went in 06, it was so cool. Was that it still felt like a real event where you had to dress mm-hmm. up, and it was at a theater, and it was a small venue. Like now just doing it in these arenas and everyone's just dressed normal and like jeans and t-shirts it doesn't have the same well, feel that it, it became early on. it became something where like you kind of wanted just to hear what the wrestler had to say yeah. and i mean frankly after undertaker's rambling mess like i'm over it i'm good oh man. god I, like it yeah. frankly uh nothing will ever top razor ramon so just just as well fucking end it yeah yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I I'd have to think about it, but I just, yeah, it just doesn't really feel like it means anything anymore. So like, and then it's unfortunate that they did some of them, you know, like after the people passed away. Like Savage was always the one that was out there. Why haven't they done Savage yet? And people said that for years while he was still alive. And then of course they put him in after he dies, and you're Vader. deprived of seeing the moment, you know. So Vader, yeah, Vader. was another one. Yep. And there's these people that were no brainers that. They just didn't do so. That's unfortunate, but you know the uh, the is uh, big boss man in the Hall of Fame. I think so. Yeah, I mean, you would assume so. I, I don't have any recollection of him going in or who would have inducted him or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like Pillman, someone they could put in. Oh, um, okay. You know, obviously people talk about Owen, but his wife's never going to go for, go for that, and understandably so. We've mentioned, I think, when we talked about the best tag teams, that demolition's a no-brainer, but because of the lawsuit, they're not going to put them in. Um, Dynamite Kid, I don't think, is in. I mean, obviously, they're going to do The Rock at some point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. 
just we'll do the rock now that fucker ain't ever wrestling again <laughs> imagine if they did that we're like they wanted him so bad for mania this year and he, he doesn't do the match we're like all right i'll do the hall of fame so he comes for that what a downer <laughs> <laughs> I, I can give you a couple hours on that night oh man yeah. hey uh i i've got one one more quick mailbag question for okay. you from right. justin J in the cedar valley <laughs> midwest <laughs> What do you think FTR are going to do? Do you think they're going to go grab the money with WWE? Because if you listen to the podcast with Dax, his legacy for their tag team is really important to him. Mm -hmm. Providing for his family is really important for him. And I don't think you can accomplish both things by going with just one company. Um, I think our answer personally for both of us, I would assume would be please, please, for the love of God, resign with AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, does them going to WWE have any interest to you? No. Yeah, not at all. That's where I'm at. I mean, been there, done that, held titles there. You know, if they hadn't held titles there, I could see the draw. Yeah, Cody hasn't been world champion there. I mean, I just, yeah, the money thing. If they offer money to them that is astronomically more than AEW could pay, added in with, you know, the other side hustles they can do, like pro wrestling tees, I won't blame them for going back at all. In the end, it's, yeah. it's about providing for your family. But if it's comparable, I don't think they'll go back. I think they like having the freedom to work all over the place, you know, to do AEW, to do Japan, to go wherever they want. I I feel like now I haven't been listening to the podcast yet, but you've told me it's really good, and I got to start oh, listening to it. Yeah, um, really good. On the, on I the feel, I, I, real quick I, on yeah. the I, I've been listening to the the uh, creation of the revival episode mm-hmm. in. He takes a big old nice long dump on Road Dog Jesse James. <laughs> Road Dog, <laughs> and also Bill Demont seems like a oh, real fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah, that's the word. That is definitely the word. I've so. heard that from a number of people. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's just going to come down to the the money, honestly. Because I mean, if it's comparable, I don't think they'll go back at all. I can't imagine why they would. Like creatively, they, you know, they, as you mentioned, they care about their legacy. They care about the match quality that they leave behind. They, mm-hmm. the tape, the footage they leave behind for young aspiring wrestlers to watch. And I feel like they want to have free reign over that kind of thing. And they won't in WWE. So I think, I think right now, I'm going to say they don't go back. I'll lean that direction, but it's, I also feel like WWE is going to offer them a lot of money. So it's, it's yep. tough to say, <laughs> but you know, like this, the whole sale could factor into this too, depending on who it's sold to. Um, so, you know, the, and, and what comes down to the, the budget, you know, and do they want to offer a big contract right at that, you know, that period of time and you know, who knows. So, but right now I'm going to lean towards, they don't go back. What do you think? Yeah, I think for legacy and how much uh, 
they would get to determine their schedule. I, I, I would hope they come back to AEW slash Ring of Honor slash they get to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cool, man. Well, this has been a <laughs> Curtis. And- Curtis, leave the chat. Now he's just audibly. Or- God damn it. He's just giving. His we were having pleasure. a nice time, Curtis. And then you come in with that bullshit. <laughs> FTR versus maximum male models. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one. He's the one guy. No, Curtis, it's funny. I thought I was the one getting drunk on tequila. <laughs> Apparently Curtis is hammered. Hey, man, it's even colder up there than it is here, probably. So <laughs> got to do something. All right, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Very loose show. We thought it would be. You know, we went into today thinking, all right, what are we going to talk about? Let's do a mailbag, cover a little AEW, a little raw. This was a lot of fun. Always enjoy talking to my buddy, Justin Joint. Really going to enjoy this weekend when our the fams get together. Going to be seeing yeah. Justin in person this weekend. So a lot of fun. Hope you all have a great weekend too. Justin, any closing words? Um, I think Mike Muscala was a good uh, addition for the Celtics. Hmm. That's all I got. Well, I wish my team would add somebody. <laughs> Actually, I I wish they would subtract some people because they might as well just start over at this point. Because Lonzo yeah. Ball is apparently never going to play that again. Is so, so weird. That situation is so weird. I feel so mm-hmm. bad for him. Well, I'm pretty optimistic actually about the Bears next year and uh, the Cubs look like they could be pretty decent this year. So I got some other things going for me, but the Bulls <laughs> have been a massive disappointment. So, oh yeah. All the team Jerry Reigns, Brian Storff. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Appreciate your support. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. Get in that Facebook group, Top Rope Nation yes. Pro Wrestling Discussion. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Drosty, D R O S T E. Find the show at Top Rope Nation. We're also on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Facebook, of course, too. Pretty much every social media platform. Give us a holler. Appreciate your support. And we'll talk to you all next week. Take care.